Welcome to Truth Time, where you'll get a shot of the truth with no chaser. And now your Truth Time host, Trey Searcy. It was brought to our attention that uh, recently a teacher, we'll call him Preacher David. I prefer not to use his last name or the name of his ministry or, or his church at this moment. No need to. Uh, now, I am not against calling names, name calling, because uh, our apostle, our pattern, he does so. The Lord Jesus Christ, he did it. But uh, at this moment, no need to do that. I'm uh, not interested in bashing this gentleman's name, but it's the doctrine that I am interested in exposing today. Wrong teachings going around some of the grace circles are, well, as we say, bad doctrine only breeds more bad doctrine. And that's what's happening even in some of the grace circles. So we need to call it to your attention today, and uh, that's what we'll do. This gentleman is teaching that... Uh, The world is still under the law today as we speak. (laughs) There are several reasons why some of these guys get mixed up on this. One being that they think that all of Paul's churches only had saved members sitting on the pews, so to speak. That's ludicrous. The churches today are not only for saved people, and neither were they then. Come on now. We can do better. There are many today who are just too easily impressed. They turn on a YouTube video and uh, just because a man puts some verses on the screen, has one of those dispensational charts hanging there, and and knows how to use a pointer, (laughs) they assume everything that proceeds from his mouth is the gospel. Where's your discernment? This is judgment seat of Christ stuff here, folks. What did you do with what you knew? What did you do with what you knew? Are you being a critical thinker? Are you testing what you're hearing? Or does it just sound good to your itching ears that itch to hear a little bit of your old denominational religion? Give me just a little bit of that for old time's sake. (laughs) And this all sins forgiven by Jesus on the cross is just too radical for you. Really? Is it too radical, or does it just go against your old-time tradition? How about Paul never even wrote one verse telling any of us how to get our sins forgiven? How about that? Is that radical enough for you? You know, you come from that church, they had all sorts of ways to get your sins forgiven. Come down, walk down, do this, don't do that, touch not, taste not, and on and on it goes. Well, if you don't like Pauline truth, it, perhaps it's best you go back to your denomination. But do us all a favor and don't be half in and half out. The gospel of grace is all or nothing. The ministry of reconciliation is for the whole world, and not just you and a special few. So this gentleman supposedly has given us proof that the lost already having been forgiven is false. No, they can't be forgiven because they're still under the law. He uses Romans chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. His claims is that the lost remain under the law today because the ye in verse 14 is the body of Christ only. Just because Paul is talking to the body of Christ saints here does not mean that 
His information is exclusive and only true for body of Christ saints. If that were the case, then the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, well, then it's only for saved people. You see, when we start making Paul's words only to, about, and for already saved people, then lost people don't get saved. How does a lost person hear the gospel if we go around picking and choosing which parts are for them to hear and understand? Preacher David sets up a false dichotomy that because Paul is speaking to members of the body of Christ, that his information only applies to the body of Christ. As if what took place on the cross is only for the body of Christ to know. Hmm. Now the question one must ask is, when were the uncircumcised Gentiles ever under the law anyway? How quickly we forget. The law always leaves you a do short and a don't late. And folks, there's no one under Israel's law today. It's just not true. But this is to be expected when they do not preach the full gospel, but rather only preach a part. They do not preach a full and complete gospel, but they do preach their man-made version of it, their perversion. And frankly, it's beginning to stink up the place. Gentiles were never under the law. Let's just be biblical in our research here. Romans chapter 9, verse 4. Paul wrote, Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the, what? The giving of the law. The Israelites were given the law, not us. And if that one don't work for you, let's try again. Romans chapter 2, verse 14. Is Paul our apostle, or is he not? Well, let's, let's listen to what he says. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, what, 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 Paul? For the Gentiles, which have not the law, right here in front of our face, folks, do by the nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Get it? Gentiles are not, and never were, under the law. I guess he's banking on your laziness. Because with just a, just a little work, you can prove it with Scripture. All you got to do is take your index finger along with your thumb and flip the pages. That's how easy this is. This limited forgiver, God love him, he has the world under the law during the dispensation of grace. That sounded illogical the moment it left my mouth. Under the law during the dispensation of grace? How does that work? It's times like this, folks, when I'm, I'm thankful to be a Bible believer instead of a man follower. This isn't subjective truth here. But this is precisely what we should expect from a teacher who says that the sins that Christ died to forgive you of on the cross are still being counted against you today. How many are beginning to see that some men are having issues with not putting themselves in the picture where they do not belong? I've got problems, but that's one I don't have. 
I have no problem whatsoever turning all this over to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No problem at all. My filthy hands are off of it. I have nothing to do with it. The blood-stained cross is all the world needed. God does not need your belief to make that so. Belief is unto justification, not forgiveness. Again, that's the problem. These guys aren't teaching their, quote, followers terminology. As I've said so many times before, these words are spelled different because they are. They are different. Justification, reconciliation, not the same thing. Forgiveness, righteousness, these words are spelled different. They are different. Study them out, and the dots will begin to connect. I have a real hard time with those who have to insert themselves into what the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did all by Himself. There is subjective truth, and there is objective truth. That's what this argument of reconciliation, that's what it basically boils down to. Subjective truth says it's true when I believe it's true. <laughs> Boy, that's a power grab, huh? Objective truth says it's true regardless. I have no power. I give it to you, Lord, because I'm nothing. This limited forgiver with his, this is a logical fallacy. Well, he says we're only in the dispensation of grace if we believe we're in the dispensation of grace. That's what this comes down to. If we believe we're in the dispensation of grace. And those who don't believe it aren't really under grace at all, but under law. And still in need of forgiveness, even though we have repeatedly asked, here on Truth Time Radio, we've repeatedly asked for just one verse from Paul to tell us how to get our sins forgiven, to no avail. And it's not going to happen. To the contrary, Paul in 1 Timothy 2 said, God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Who will have all men to be forgiven? Well, according to the limited forgivers, yeah. But that's not what it said. By this time, when Paul penned 1 Timothy, the world was already forgiven. Paul would have been a nut job for sure to have penned even one verse telling someone how to get their sins forgiven. Instead, he proceeded to do exactly what the Lord instructed him to do, Acts 26.18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive, they may receive forgiveness of sins. Sound familiar? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. <laughs> now, according to the limited forgivers, we can go to 1 Corinthians 15 here and say, no, there's, there's no gospel until you receive. Yeah. Acts 26.18 is part of the gospel. Nobody needed to get their sins forgiven that's something that already happened on the account of Jesus plus nothing. 
There's nothing left to perform that can add to that. All that was needed was to receive what was already theirs. Forgiveness of sins. We recently explained this in a blog and are seeing eyes open to this truth. Thank God. Not just good news, oh no, but the best news ever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. The reason no one can find this mystery verse about how to get your sins forgiven is Paul never gave one. A ransom for all is just that. A ransom for all. Salvation comes by believing in the substitutionary death for sin and his resurrection. Forgiveness is past, not future. And here we are, been in the dispensation of the grace of God for about 20 centuries, and we got jokers coming along claiming that the world is still under the law. This must be a new breed of what, what we could call modern-day grace Pharisees. They need to get over themselves. The limited forgiver still has the world under the law, even though the chief purpose of the earthly ministry of Christ was to fulfill the law. Uncircumcised Gentiles were never under the law anyway. I think most know this, but let's say you're in the crowd that doesn't. Jot these verses down. Exodus chapter 12, and just go read, go study verses 43 through 48. Gentiles were never under the law. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 to 8. If none of this does it for you, move on over to Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we, this is Israel, may do all the words of this law. And don't leave out Romans 8, 7, Romans 9, verses 3 to 5, and then there's 1 Corinthians 9, verses 19 to 21, and Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 16. Gentiles were simply never under the law. This isn't hard. When studying Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, the one new man exists because there is no more law. <laughs> Folks, we wouldn't have any hope if the law was still in effect today for anyone. The law was the source of the enmity between the circumcision and uncircumcision. Get that today. And most are familiar with Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Preacher David in this video goes to Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. He claims that this verse means that the law presently has dominion as long as man lives. And then he brings up verse 2, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. 
Now, now listen to this. He says that verses 1 to 3 are saying that the way you get out from under the law is that you die. He changed the meaning of this perfect analogy. Verses 2 and 3 talks about how the wife gets out from under the law when her husband dies. This is truth right under our nose. The analogy is that in verses 2 and 3, the husband is the law. Catch that. The wife is the one that is bound by the law. The wife is no longer under the law, not because she died, but because her husband died. This is clearly an explanation to the people in Rome that Paul was trying to convince that the law was no longer in effect because the law died with Christ. It was nailed to his cross. So far, Limited Forgiver Dave is not doing so well. He gives an example. Now, I, I want you to listen closely. He gives an example of getting, and I'm quoting, getting out of paying for a crime, end quote. He talks about this in the video, and his claim about this analogy is getting out of paying for a crime by dying. His claim is that if someone commits a crime and dies, they will not be prosecuted by the prosecuting attorney because, quote, they give up, they just do. That's just how it works. That's the idea of Romans 7, 1 to 3, end quote. Well, I guess Preacher Dave has never heard of posthumous trial or post-mortem trial, is a trial held after the defendant's death. These trials can be held for a variety of reasons, including the legal declaration that the defendant was the one who committed the crime to provide justice for society of family members of the victims or to exonerate a wrongfully convicted person after their death. Okay, verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now, Preacher Dave says that verse 4 says you become dead to the law by getting into the body of Christ. That's not what the verse says at all, folks. He added the words getting into. So you gotta be, you gotta watch this. You have to be discerning and you have to be attentive. I've said this time and time again. Listen closely. Turn off all the surrounding noise when you're watching these guys. Don't get popcorn and just have fun watching these guys thinking, oh, they've got their little pointer and look at that chart. How cool is that? And he's a teacher. He has a church. So what? The word of God. Listen, God said he puts his word above his very own name. Be serious about this, folks. This is why we tell you when listening to us, when, when joining Truth Time Radio, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a video, whether it be reading our blogs, we want you to be analytical. 
We want you to be critical thinkers. We want you to listen very meticulously and closely and, and, and stick to the Scriptures. Compare what we say with the Scriptures. You see, he added two words. What did Satan do in the garden? Well, this guy added two words, getting into. And again, sticking with the real context, which fits perfectly with the real analogy, husband equals law, dies with Christ. Wife is no longer bound by the law. Husband, she is dead to the law in order to be married to another Grace that occurred via the cross of Christ. Get it? But David says, if you're not in the body of Christ, you're not dead to the law. He is adding the scripture. That's simply not here. His poor analogy did nothing to enlighten anyone. But I'm sure people just mm -hmm, nod, nod, mm, chomp on some more pop, nod, nod, mm, give me a little bit more butter with the popcorn. Let's just have fun, sing kumbaya and hold hands, cause he's a preacher and he he must be telling the truth, honey, don't you think? Second Corinthians five, verses fourteen and fifteen, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all. Then we're all dead. Verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Galatians 2.21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now remember the quote. He said, if you're not in the body of Christ, you're not dead to the law. Well, goes against Scripture there, Dave. Hebrews 9.15 And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. The Old Covenant law was nailed to the cross for Israel too. That's why they will get the New Covenant. Hebrews 8.13 and Dave goes on, Galatians 3, verses 22 to 25. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. David says, and I quote, Where were you before faith? You were kept under the law. What? Who does he think the we is here? Gentiles are not part of that we. Did he forget Paul is a former Jew who was blameless according to the law? Verse 24, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now he says that the law teaches us and that it is to bring us to Christ. Our schoolmaster. Gentiles who are without the law, somehow the law is our schoolmaster. How's that work? He says the law teaches a lost person that they need to be justified by faith. A lost Jew who, who tries to keep the law, maybe, or some of these replacement Israel folks, or so-called Torah keepers, <laughs> 
The law should teach that to them, not uncircumcised heathen Gentiles who never had the law to begin with. The law looks like nonsense to a barbarian who, who does not fear God. What does the law teach an atheist? It's unbelievable how far out of context and how far away from who Paul speaks to and for what reason he speaks to them, this man's willing to go. You've got to learn this to know why he says what he is saying. And to do that, you have to read with understanding in context, not by doing word searches, not by singling out verses that seem to say what you want them to say. There's a lot more in Galatians regarding the law than three verses. Paul doesn't go in depth about the law to people who don't know the law. But for those that it applies to, the ones trying to go back under it because they know it, because they're being compelled to do so by others, yeah, he goes into detail about why they shouldn't be doing these things. Why? Because of Colossians 2.14. To say you've got to be in Christ before being forgiven is ludicrous. The reality is you have to be forgiven of your filthy sins before being placed into a holy Christ. Allow that to marinate. Rational thinkers understand that forgiveness comes first. Those who are unable to grasp this truth, they preach a message of alienation. What they call gospel is really no gospel at all. And it only alienates the world from knowing this beautiful truth. The ministry, the word of reconciliation. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 1. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind. Where? In your mind. The mind is a powerful thing. That's where folks have alienated themselves. And it comes from poor preaching. The cross work for reconciliation was finished. But not many teach this. Which leaves the masses alienated from God in their mind. God has no aught with them concerning their sins being some kind of blockade between him and them having a relationship. But they don't know this because preachers like Preacher Dave still have them under the law. Israel's law, Gentiles, in the dispensation of the grace of God. Unbelievable. And notice Paul finishes with, By wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Reconciled by their first having to believe? Is that it, Paul? No. Next verse. In the body of his flesh through death. Regardless of what the, these ministers of righteousness, these limited forgivers are telling us, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. It was not limited to believers. It was done on the merit of and on the account of his death, not your belief. Every single gotcha verse that the limited forgivers throw our way falls flat on its face. Imagine being a part of a group that believes, now listen closely, a group that believes a holy God reconciled himself to sin. He didn't take care of the sin first. No. <laughs> he first reconciled himself to the world, and then once they believe, he forgives them of their sin. 
Talk about blasphemous. Think about it. That's what they believe. They don't accept that God is not imputing sins to the world. Therefore, they believe God reconciled himself to sin. Amazing. They've gotten themselves into a theological pickle. A theory that only exists in a land of fairies and unicorns. Not having an understanding of the gospel correctly is a serious issue. A lot of false converts are being made. This is more than a timing issue. It's a trust issue. Those who believe sins were taken care of on the cross trust Christ for having forgiven them. Those who believe it will be taken care of at the moment of their own belief are trusting themselves for their forgiveness. Having transferred the power into their own hands. It's a power grab. They act as if his work won't work until they approve his work. <laughs> Listen, the body of Christ needs ministers with hearts of service, not a passion for power. Don't let these limited forgivers, these grace legalists, convince you that Israel's law is still in effect. It is not. Make no mistake, it is no great thing if Satan's ministers are transformed as the ministers of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 11.15 It's par for the course, for those who allow their mind to be corrupted, alienated. They've departed from the simplicity that is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 11.3 And as verse 4 says, they're preaching another Jesus, another gospel. It comes down to this. You either give all the credit to Christ, or you take a little for yourself. That's it. There's no gray area here. Nothing gray about it. You either give all the credit to Christ, or you take a little for yourself. And if anyone calls you a heretic for taking yourself out of the picture and giving Jesus the spotlight... Just smile and say, thank you. Got a Bible question? Call toll-free 1-888-988-9562. Email us at truthtimeradio.com. Until next time, remember, when a man who is honestly mistaken hears the truth, he will either quit being mistaken or cease to be honest. Yeah.